All right, guys. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Plus Ultra Gaming. Tino here. Uh, today, I've got another guest. Uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? I am Shooter Q. I just go by Q. Everyone calls me Q. Nice, nice. What's your uh, your Twitch channel? If you go to Twitch, it is twitch.tv slash shooter underscore Q. There is a straight up Shooter Q, but I haven't been able to find him and like make him give me the password yet. So it's still going to be shooter underscore Q for now. Don't you hate that when you find like a really good name for somebody who's not active and hasn't been active in forever and you just stare at it like for Yo, the accounts I want, they're banned. I'm like, well, that guy obviously didn't deserve it. So let, let me give it a shot. Yeah, that, that's the worst. I think uh, when I first got to Twitch, I um, was playing around with some ideas because I was going to use my gamer tag, which was like Super Tino and some other stuff when I first started. But thankfully, through the struggle, I ended up coming up with the idea for Tino Plus Ultra, which really grew on me. I really like it. So I guess it kind of worked out. Yeah. I think I, I heard the story of how you got that name, actually. Oh, yeah. I was. Uh, it was pretty extra. <laughs> I think that was on a... Uh, what did I mention that on? Maybe a Body Snatchers podcast? It might have actually been on my stream. Sure, I heard it through a mutual friend of ours. Now I want to be nosy. Who who was it? Uh, well, the way he says it, he he takes the credit for the Plus Ultra part. Oh God! Uh, oh, I'll just let you guess who that is. I know exactly who it is. It it wasn't, but he was definitely very. <laughs> he was there. He was very supportive of uh of the whole thing. I I definitely will admit that for sure. He who shall not be named. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he's listening, he knows who he is. He knows who he is. He's very public about it. So yeah, today uh we're gonna you know kind of talk a little bit about Q's channel. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh kind of some stuff that's going on with like just graphic cards. Uh, PCs, the the PC gaming industry right now, just, you know, some opinions, uh, spitball some ideas. Um, also, everything is going really, really well, uh, in case you wanted to ask, because I know you did, for that PC uh, charity build that we're working on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, what, can you tell us just the base specs of what you've done so far? I'm really curious about myself, and I've been telling everybody to sign up for it. No, but- yeah, so... It's not like going to be the most powerful gaming computer, but I think for something that's going to be free, I'm pretty excited. Originally, I was going to redo an office computer, um, which would have been cool. I mean, somebody would have, you know, could have used that for sure. But uh, I ended up starting the GoFundMe, which definitely helped get some, uh, just kind of get the ball rolling, that snowball effect. And now I'm coming out of pocket with some of my own money. Um, So right now we're looking at doing a, uh, about a micro ATX uh, tower. Uh, we're going to be running um, an i5 ninth gen uh, brand new processor in there, 16 gigs of RAM, which I think Ooh. I was running running at 3200 megahertz, I want to say. So that looks good. Uh, RX 580, uh, 8 gigs. Um, so it's like VR ready. And um, I mean, it will be able to play like all the new games coming out. Um, not on the highest settings for all of them, but like you'll be able to play. So, I mean, you know, no complaints there, especially depending on what your thing is. Uh, I forget which fans that I went through, but... At this point, I honestly think I'm more excited about just the design that I'm going with because I had a bunch of theme ideas and um, it seems like I'm probably going to go with like a, a certain Saiyan. Um, so if you're into anime, like I can't wait to like start building this thing and like post a ton of like, you know, videos and pictures and just be like, look, man, it could be yours. Like all you got to do is uh, go to goplusultra.com and uh, tell me why you need this. Dude, plus if it's a Saiyan, that means it's a companion to your main rig. Oh man! Well, you know, I was—I had this my rig sitting in my face all day with like Super Saiyan Blue Goku, and like it just looks so dope. I'm so happy. <clears throat> it's literally everything that I wanted it to be, and I've gotten so many compliments on it. I was like, you know, what would be cool is like if I kind of just alter the theme and 
you know, like kept it close, but like did it in a different way. You know, if I was going to do it again, but like with a whole expensive computer. So like, let's just throw a thousand dollars at it and see, see how it comes together. Right. Right. And then you're doing the build and you already have experience. Like I know where these cables go. I know where this part is going to fit. Like, Oh yeah. I got it like all mapped out. It's, it's basically like everything that almost made the cut for how I designed my PC is what I'm going to do to this one. Just, you know, on a less expensive level. Right. So I'm honestly really excited. And I think that whoever gets this is going to be like over the moon. If not, I'm going to be sad because I'm like, dude, I put like everything into this. So we'll find out. No, nah, no. Nah. Like, OK, I've given away a couple things. And I'm going to say like you're being way nicer than I am. Like you're over here talking about like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what fans to get. You're probably like trying to customize the RGB. I'm like, yo, I got a <laughs> I got a 64 CFM I pulled out of a Dell from 2005. Still works. Tested on a nine volt. I hooked it up to the to the Molex power. It's gonna be on all the time. It's gonna be cold. So it's gonna work. Not Molex. That's funny as hell. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's more or less like you know where we're going with it. So I'm, I'm just excited, man, to have this like little dream of mine come true. Uh, this might be the only time I ever do it. Who can say? But uh, the whole community came together. A lot of um, well-known Twitch streamers uh, donated a lot of like close friends, peers, whatever you want to call them, like um, rose to the occasion to assist with this whole thing. Even you, you've been sharing it out, you know, to your community, trying to, you know, build up some hype, uh, which I really appreciate uh, you for. So here is my official thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. And also, you know what? Tell me what you're because you said you're a little short. Tell me what you're short on, dude. I'll I'll figure it out, whether it's the part or the price of the part. Um, at this point, um, I'm probably about a hundred dollars off from where I need to be. And that's what I was going to pull out today. So if after the podcast, you want to, whatever you want to contribute towards it, like a small amount, like, uh, everything that you don't put in will be coming directly out of my pocket. And I'm totally okay with that for the record. Like, I'm not mad about it. I was just like, <laughs> dang, we're eating ramen this week. It's cool. No, it's all good for the, for the <laughs> Tino plus ultra community. I can, I can pull a solid for that one. All right. No, they'll thank you in advance. Yeah, we'll definitely um, touch base and talk about that. Um, but let's talk a little bit about uh, about you, man. So uh, let everybody know what what kind of games do you play? Like what does you, like, you know, your channel represent your general audience? Like, let's let's hear about it. Let's go. Uh, sure. Where do we start? Uh, I'm going to take you way back, but I'm not going to stay back there, if that makes any sense. So like way back. Yeah. So like growing up in the 90s, um, we always had like consoles. And, you know, as a kid my dad would tell me like, yeah, I got the super Nintendo, the Sega CD. I got that for you when you were born. So you could play them growing up. Of course, as an adult, I look back on that and I'm like, dude, I was, I was just born. That was for him. But, yeah. Oh yeah. He got you. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is like, we would go into used game shops and we'd be getting, I like, I never saw a game in a box until I was like eight. So we always had used stuff we were always a year behind, but to me it was brand new. Same, same for me. I, I feel you on that. Uh, it took me, a while to finally get current with like the the gaming consoles right so like when it comes to gaming on consoles gaming on pc i've always been a little bit behind but i've always been like reading up on the magazines i got everything secondhand i was like reading through playstation magazine like oh what's this game coming out i'm never gonna play it but i can read about it you know before you had wikipedia or youtube to actually like go on and look with it so like yeah yeah when it comes to that it's like that's where i've always been gaming wise um 360 era is where i really really started paying attention to what i was playing okay uh elaborate because you know um by the time the 360 was out i was in high school 
And then moving on into college, it's like, okay, now I'm paying for my own stuff. I'm working for my own stuff. I got to make decisions about, you know, what am I going to buy? What's going to be worth the money kind of deal. And at this point, like I'm, I had a computer, I play stuff on the computer, but I'm not a PC gamer yet. If that makes sense. No, I, I think it does. I mean, because like even for me, like I have a freaking $3,000 PC that I built. I'm in IT and there are a handful of games that I do um, play on PC that I do enjoy. But uh, PC Gamer, that's a loose title because honestly, the majority of my games are all on you know my PlayStation 4, my brand new PS5 and my Switch. Um, and I just kind of prefer it that way. A lot of times it's so ironic. I'll sit down and stream but really like, you know, through my home network or through uh, a capture card, like you guys are just seeing me play games on my console using an overpriced PC. <laughs> right. So like when uh, like when Half-Life 2 came out, I had yeah. like a little I had like a gateway computer that I've been using since like 1995. So Half-Life 2 comes out. Everybody's looking at it on like G4 Tech TV. Like, oh, this is so cool. Groundbreaking physics. Never, never before seen storytelling, facial animations. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. I go out and I get the used copy of man. They didn't have a name for it back then, but it would have been what the orange box was way back then, which was the collection of all the Half-Life one stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, the, the famous intro to Half-Life is the tram ride, right? Right. It's like, it's like five minutes out of your day on my old little gateway. It was like a 20 minute slideshow, but oh, I was just easily. so enthralled. I was just like, Oh, this looks so cool. Cause I had never seen anything like that. You were doing better than me, man. I had, um, well, first off, Gateway, you, did you have one of those like old dusty towers that had the, uh, when Gateway's emblem was like a weird like cube with maybe yeah, like, it looked like a cow leather window. or something? No, I had the one where they, they turned it. It was still a cube, but it looked like a Windows logo that ah. just messed up. And it was a laptop. Like I had a card that I plugged in to the side of the laptop and the card had a pop out slot and that pop out slot was the RG11 for the for the phone yeah, line yeah, so you yeah, don't yeah. it. <laughs> so I could look for some online Quake games, which of course, you know, barely existed for me at that time. That's how I know you're a nerd because you just got on the podcast and referred to the phone line as RJ11. Uh, it's it's quicker. Like, what do you say? It's a jack. It's a plug. I'm like, I don't know. You just taught somebody and also took like six people for a spin who were just like, "What did he? Thank God he elaborated." Dude, there's so many people they don't even, they've never seen a phone with a line in it. And they're like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> Should I just talk? Start talking about RJ45 now, or is it a bad time for that? No, people know what that is though. <laughs> like, that's oh yeah, that's the thing in the back of the box that supplies the Wi-Fi, right? <laughs> Yeah, you would you would th- you would think so you would think so no I, i'm not even gonna lie the people i was like working to either help build computers or get them computers mm-hmm. like i was like all right it's got no wi-fi because i was cutting costs but you got ethernet so you can do that and they're like what's ethernet and i'm like damn here we go oh okay that's uh that's a tough one but um... yeah but everybody everybody's all everybody's all cat five echoing up now so everything is okay everyone understands like okay Wi-Fi is for my mobile devices. If I can plug in Ethernet, it's going to be the preferred option. See, I need to talk to more nerds because there are very few people in my life that understand that kind of lingo. They're just like, can you like, you know, make it sound good, you know, in a way that doesn't doesn't make me feel dumb. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. No problem. And then, I, and then I proceed to make them feel dumb. I'm just like, you know, like a phone core, but like bigger, you know, like a magnifying glass. And yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, I just give them the PC. I tell them to play on Wi-Fi a little bit, and they're like, "Oh, I see. I need I need faster." And I'm like, "Okay, this little line, this is faster." 
and more stable. Oh man, crossover cables and everything else. You're going to get me on there now today. Yeah. But anyways, going back to like getting into gaming, um, Mm -hmm. moving on from college after I graduated college, that was like moving into the army and I was like, okay, got to leave behind my Xbox 360. Um, I went through EOD in the U S army, which is a weird, okay. EOD is explosive ordnance disposal. Okay. And the way that we handle it in the U S which is the lead for like the entire world. Um, everybody sends, if they're serious about it, they send EOD people to the U S to learn it. So whereas most people go into the military, they do their initial training. Um, no matter what branch you're in, you just kind of learn how to be military. And then you go do the specific training for your job in the army. That's called, uh, AIT advanced individual training. Um, I don't know what it's called for every other branch, but it's different depending on what your job is, whether like, you know, I'm a radio guy, I'm an AC guy, I'm an infantry guy. Like they all have different schools. Right. EOD school is different because, um, every service, well, aside from the Marine Corps, they treat it different, but every service sends other people to the Navy to say, okay, now you're going to the EOD school run by the Navy. And we have, we have a fake EOD school to put you through because it costs a lot of money to do. So it's like, okay, we're going to put you through the Army's EOD school for about, you know, 10 weeks, I think. I can't even remember how long it was. And if you pass that, then we'll pay the money to send you to the Navy school for like a year and a half. So it's a lot longer training than most people's MOSs or most people's jobs, sorry. And yeah. then um, the other thing is because we're crossing services by the time we get to the Air Force base where the Navy school is, we're meeting a lot more people. Not just, you know, I'm meeting Air Force dudes and Navy guys and Marines. I'm meeting dudes from like Canada, Pakistan and all that. So that's the, awesome. Yeah. And the other thing is like I told you what EOD means, but the the inner one of the inner meanings is like, <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's uh, elves, orcs and dragons because everyone in EOD is kind of nerdy in some right? way, <laughs> which makes sense because, I mean, you're talking about guys that mess around explosives and deal with tiny electronics and little tripwires and stuff like that. Obviously, there's going to be some people that are into tech one way or another, whether it's fixing cars, uh, building rifles, which is where I come from. I come from the shooting world. Oh, yeah. Shooter Q. Not surprising. Like, I think um, when I was in uh, basic for the Air Force, I remember like my flight, like everybody in there. uh, It was kind of weird at first. You know, people were getting to know each other or whatever. But, you know, as we got to talking and, you know, becoming close, um, everybody was like a diehard like anime fan or like a gamer. <laughs> right. Every single person, and I, like I, that's what I knew. I was like, oh, okay, so we all are nerds. Like this is what this is. Like everybody's like, have you are you caught up on the One Piece manga or you know, whatever? And I was <laughs> like, I haven't even got finished it yet. You know, like oh, it's so good. Let me tell you. And it was just the best, man. So I'm, yeah. I'm really happy you got to have that experience. Yeah. And now I know that you're in the Air Force. There's three things we got to mention. One, you know the beauty of like military shared drive technology where we're like having our little underground data trading things like everyone's passing episodes and games or whatever (laughs) Two, since you were in a flight when you guys fall out of formation in the air force Mm -hmm. what do you do you do like a little about face right yes yeah so imagine that but in the formation there is a combination of soldiers and airmen and someone at the front is like, all right, fall out. And just imagine how it looks like there's no organization. Oh, yeah. No, that's messy so, as hell. Yeah. So you have like half the people dotted around the formation doing the about face. And you got the other parts of us. We're just taking a step back and we're all like stumbling into each other. But it's all good because it's there was an attempt. And nobody cares. Yeah. It's like, whatever. It's dude. <laughs> but anyways, like um, we got to the point where it's like, OK, we got freedom, which it's not like this anymore. But by the time you got to the point you were going to EOD school, you were like 
you were hitting clubs, you're going to bars. It was like, all right, as long as you show up at school, you don't get arrested. Like whatever. It's not the same as like just regular continued training for most people. So within that, we're starting to hit shops. People are getting Xboxes, whatever, to keep themselves out of trouble. People are working on their cars. And I meet this guy and I'm like, I'm thankful for this guy. but I'm also mad at him because, I mean, you'll you'll understand why I'm mad at him. Mind you, we're in the military. So I'm like, I need a computer. Right. But I need to move with it. So it's not going to be a desktop. It's got to be a laptop. So I'm like, hey, man, you and me, we're going to go to Best Buy. He's like, yeah, man, I used to work in IT and do all this stuff before the army. I'm like, all right, we're going to go to Best Buy. You're going to walk me through getting a laptop that I can play games on. And that I can also rip DVDs on because, again, the military data trading thing. Right. So we go over there and this is 2012. And I don't know how I ended up with this, but I ended up paying like 1200 bucks for a 13 inch Lenovo laptop with a touchscreen. Okay. And I'm asking him like, okay, what I'm going to say to you is going to sound stupid now, but I didn't know at the time. All right. I didn't know. Oh, all right. I'm all ears. And he's like, I'm like, yo, man, um, I don't know much about this, but this computer that I'm looking at buying, it's got good graphics. And he's looking at the specs and he's like, yeah, man, it's got Intel integrated graphics. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that sounds great. That's uh, 4,000. Yeah, that's a that's a high number. Yeah, it's got to be good. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, I actually recycled that computer to one of my brothers and that thing is working fine, but it was not a gaming machine. Absolutely not. But like I said, I've always been a generation behind. So like if I just wanted to play the old original Splinter Cell, I was like, wow, this looks way better than on my GameCube. So everything was always new and fresh to me, even though I didn't have the best. And then like, uh, shoot, the same thing. I learned Steam the same way. Um, I still had my old CDs that I told you about for Half-Life. Yeah. I came home. I needed a surgery at one point and I was home and I was like, I want to play some games because I can't go outside. I have stitches everywhere. I'm like, all right, so I'll put my old CDs into this new computer. And of course, it doesn't let me install it. It brings up something called Steam. It's like your new, your old games will now be transferred to Steam. I'm like, what is Steam? And it's like, oh, these games now exist in a cloud and not on my CDs. I don't need these anymore. And it just gives them all to me. And I'm like amazed. I'm like, I can have games and download them to any computer I want. And they just belong to me. <laughs> Quote, unquote, belong with, you know, things being right. what they are. But still, like, it was... That was a huge transition, you know. I didn't know that that was what they pushed out with, like, Half-Life 2 and how they were changing the PC gaming industry through that. So, like, all these things kind of came out at once. Um, Fast forward a few years later, I'm finally, like, after tripping around the world, I go home. I still have this old laptop. I'm like, all right, time time to trade up. And, of course, I'm on, like, the Facebook group for whatever unit I'm going to. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to make friends, but I'm also trying to upgrade my PC. So there's a guy at that unit. He's like, yeah, I'm selling this. Uh, shoot, I don't even remember what it was. I think it was one of uh, Razer's like really old model computers. Okay. And all I knew at that point is I knew what I knew what discrete graphics were. Like I knew what a graphics card was. Right. But I'm still in the mode where I'm like, hey, I move every few months. I still need a laptop. And so I bought this thing from him for like 500 bucks. I don't even remember the processor. It had a GT... 610m in it but the reason i bought that or no 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 after buying that that was when i started going around in the barracks where i was and i started meeting dudes that hadn't been going around the world all the time so they were kind of used to just 
sitting around and not having anything to do with their time. So they were obviously right. bigger gamers than I was. And they're like all I go into like one of their rooms and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Because I see like a dude has a monitor on one side and he's playing a game, but he's got another monitor and another game is going on. I'm like, are you playing two games at once? And he's like, no, 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 I'm I'm playing this game. I got League on Twitch. I'm watching like the finals or whatever. I'm like, Twitch, what's that? And of course, you know, I had to find out about that. And whatever it is about my personality, like I don't just find out about something. I'm like, okay, cool. And this comes from like shooting world and messing with cars and messing with rifles. I'm like, no, no, I got to try that. So like, I'm pretty sure I signed up for a Twitch account like that day. And then I started, I started pretty much looking at everyone's channels and I was like, okay, how do you build this OBS that uh, microphone this? And then I ordered like, I didn't order like a ton of expensive equipment. I didn't say like, oh, this is going to be my new career. I was like, let me try this out real quick. And it was kind of cool at the time because, you know, if you first start on Twitch, you could be playing to like an audience and nobody. But like I had oh, friends. Yeah. yeah, I had friends on Twitch within all that barracks. So they were able to like boost my numbers and we were all playing games together. So it wasn't just a, hey, I'm going to be the next big Twitch star. It was more like, hey, we're all here gaming. Why don't we broadcast it so we can all kind of see it from one room kind of deal and have fun with us. So that's how I got started with Twitch pretty much. And then I didn't dive into Twitch seriously until like uh, army stuff started getting like kind of heavy for me. Uh, Heavy is not the right word. I was in a work tempo where I was used to doing a certain kind of work. And then suddenly I came to a base where I was around people that didn't see eye to eye with me. And I didn't want to say like I was a bad soldier, but I could see to them how they would see me as a bad soldier. Because like I would walk in an office and like the uh, the team leader there, which for EOD, actually, no, he would have been a he would have been a squad leader. Yeah. So teams are like two or three men in EOD. And then you have like four to five of those teams are in a squad. And like I walked in, this dude looked at me, he's like, yo, Q, what's up with your hair? And I didn't know what he meant by that. So I was like, what's up with it? And he just kind of scowled at me and walked off. So I was like, okay, I don't know what that was about. I'm ignoring it. And then like a week later when I'm getting like a review, yeah, they're like, yeah, Sergeant so-and-so told you to get a haircut. And he said, you just walked off on him and didn't say anything. And I was like, whoa, oh, oh, that's wow. not what happened. But I realized like as an older man now, I look at it. And I'm like, okay, when he said, what's up with your hair? What he meant was, hey, your hair is looking scraggly. You need to get a haircut. But I didn't hear that. I heard, what's up with your hair? And I'm like, I don't know. What's, what's up with my hair? Right. So to them, like, okay, that's one incident. But imagine that kind of thing every three days for like a year. That's like a hundred times that I was technically in trouble. But I didn't see what the problem was. So looking back on it, I'm like, oh, wow. That's why I started getting in trouble. was because I went from being like doing stuff overseas to living on a base with these guys. And they have a they have a completely w- different way of thinking, whereas like oh, where yeah. I was before, dudes had like full beards and their hair was grown out all which ways. I'm like, I didn't entirely different. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I was looking good next to these guys, but I guess next to these guys that live on bases and they get awards for paperwork, I was like, oh, I look different. Right. So it probably would have been nice if somebody broke that down to you, like yeah, like oh yeah, to say you get a haircut, I would have been like, yeah, done. Like I would have been out the door. Yeah, like, no I mean. Yeah, I, I, th- I feel like you should be forgiven to some degree, though, since nobody like broke it down. And sometimes right. it takes a certain level of maturity to like be able to re- read between the lines like that. Right. But like the reason I said that was like it represented such a change in culture for us that I realized like, oh, man, I am not going to stay in the army. 
because things were changing so much. Like I joined the army and I knew what I was getting into, but I joined EOD to get away from the army side of the army. If you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So like when that started cracking down and stuff started messing up, I was like, okay, I'm not going to participate in this. And I realized like, okay, I have less time or I have more time on my hands. I have fewer people to talk to because I'm not making friends in these units. Um, I think I need someone to talk to. And that was where I like really, really dove into the Twitch channel. And I didn't know what was big at the time. Like, I think PUBG had just kind of hit the scene. Of course, League and all the MOBAs were big. Right. So instead of saying like, oh, I'm just going to chase whatever the big game is. Plus, at the mind you, I'm at a GT 610 M level. Got to throw the M in there so people understand. Like, this was a little chip in a laptop. I'm just playing like old games that I like. I'm just like showing it off to people pretty much like, hey, there's this game you never heard of. I played it a lot as a kid. I just want to show you what it's about. So and then like out of hmm? curiosity, yeah. just to like interrupt you because I'm kind of like peeking through your like whole Twitch channel and everything. Um, and apparently I was not following you. So that's fixed. Don't yell at me. No, that's OK. You don't want to go there because I talk a lot of crap about you. <sighs> I knew it was coming. No, no, there's another guy there named Tino. And I'm just like, I'm like, hey, Tino. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I was thinking of the other Tino. That Tino is kind of big. He works out a lot. I could still beat him up, though. You ain't never seen him. Don't worry about that. Like just stuff like that. Just Start at the ankles. <laughs> <laughs> but like, as, like uh, I started doing like uh, one of my favorite games was Medal of Honor 2010. You had to put 2010 in there because they just called it Medal of Honor and that kind of like messed it up. Yeah. But coming from a shooting background where, you know, I'm not just out. I'm not just like, oh, I like guns. I'm like, I'm competition shooting. I'm I'm in the army and my drill sergeants are like, hey, help this guy with the shooting because you're you're good. And I'm like, shoot, I thought this was only in movies. Like, oh, this actually happens. <laughs> so, like, when you come from that and you look at games, like, I know you've seen it a million times where military people look at a movie or a game and they see something that is quote-unquote wrong. They're like, oh, that's never how it would happen. That thing doesn't work like that. People don't do this. That's kind of in a lot of things. I think yeah. more so, like, for me personally, like, being um, as into IT systems engineer guy tier two that I am now, um, when I see like crazy things, you know, with like computers or like elevators getting <laughs> hacked and like all kinds of stuff. And I'm kind of like, well, it wouldn't oh, quite dude. work like that. But you know what? Let me uh, suspend my disbelief for a second. Dude, I've been working on this master's in computer science. Like my bachelor's is in English. So going from English to computer science has been a big eye opener for me. Yeah. No movie looks the same. No game looks the same ever. It's just the same way as coming from the shooting world into games. Oh, dude, it ruins so much. Even like uh, like Jurassic Park uh, with the the virus going through the park or like Independence Day at the end where they're just like, we've hacked the aliens. I was like, oh, dude. We hacked technology from another planet. <laughs> right? Jeff Goldblum did it in no time at all because right. he believed in it. Okay. Yeah, it, it ruins quite a bit. Um, right. But that's the thing, though, is like I already knew where that comes from because I've been around gun people all the time. Right. So instead of looking at the game and being like, oh, this this gun is inaccurate or this gun is really accurate. How come this game didn't sell? I mean, that's what I really looked at was like, hey, I have a game that has almost picture perfect accuracy to shooting. What I'm talking like like Medal of Honor 2010. Yeah. Let, Let me try to understand what the game developers had to do in order to make that happen. And if it was good or bad for the game and what translated into fun or not fun gameplay. That's a and really I good think, way to look at yeah. it. And I think through like streaming that way, or I wasn't just screaming like, oh, I'm I'm this guy in the military. This is not how it would happen. I was more like, okay, this is how this works. This is not how this works. But hey, if they made this reload this way, it would be way slow and it would not be fun for people to play through their latest Call of Duty or something like that. 
And I think through doing that is how I met like a lot of people through Twitch that were like, oh, okay, this guy's like really breaking down. And I'd always take like the analytical approach to the game. So like I do some multiplayer stuff. I played Siege on stream for like a long time. But really, I'm always chasing like what's a game that is a single player experience that I've never played before or I just haven't played in a while. Can we live through some nostalgia and can we look at the details of the game design? And it started with shooting, but then like the more I learn about actual game design and programming, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, this is like a subroutine. This is a virtual class of the weapon that they're breaking down to other weapons. That's why this reload is the same reload. Like, and I think through that is where I just kind of found my niche. That's awesome. So, like, how long have you been streaming now? Like, kind of consistently. I, I guess since the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, through 2016 and now, it's been consistent. The only times I take off is when I'm moving, which I've had to move a lot for, you know, military and school. Right. And then whenever a semester ramps up to, like, peak capacity, I tell everybody, like, hey, I might be on, but we are not following the schedule. And that's, like, the only times I take breaks, which is, like, a month apart, I believe. Okay. No, I mean, that... That makes sense. I mean, and even like now for me with just trying to keep up with my Twitch schedule, like it's it feels like you're always almost setting yourself up for failure. I mean, I'm sure there are individuals out there, especially big streamers who, you know, maybe make so much money. That's like kind of tunnel vision for them. Right. Um, But like for, you know, people like us that, you know, maybe we make something, but really this is, you know, more of a hobby. It's uh, we have busy lives. It's, you know, I'm like, okay, here's my new schedule because the last schedule wasn't working out. So everybody be excited. And then I I just blow it completely every (laughs) every time. I mean, I stick to my schedules pretty consistently, but I, that's why I'm like, if I'm going to let people down, I just let them know, like, hey, this is not the schedule anymore. But if I say a schedule, like, you can expect to see me there. That's always oh, yeah. been the way I do it. But I'm like, I, I know enough, like, hey, if I know I'm not getting enough sleep, um, if I'm not even playing games for myself anymore, like, hey, this schedule is off, but I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Like, I'll try not to be too long. And that's the thing, like, I've always been about the channel is like, we're for fun. Like, I I looked at it and I was like, okay, I can obviously see. And this is before they had all the search features. Yeah, excuse me. Search features on Twitch. Yeah. Where you could find anything you want. You kind of had to scroll from the top to the bottom. I could see everyone at the top. And I was going to cons for the first time. So I was meeting, like, big Twitch streamers. But then I was looking at channels with, like, 30 and 50 and hundreds of people. And I was like, you know. I don't think I have that much in common with these big dudes. I'm meeting at these cons. I'm going to hang out with like all these little like 20 and 30 people. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and then I just ran my channel the same way. I was like, I don't plan to be a big famous person. I was like, I'm just here to have fun. I'll have fun with you. You have fun with me. We're all here together. That was That's pretty much the only way I've run it. That's definitely the best approach, I think, to have. Um, I like looking to the bigger streamers for like ideas if they you know maybe I'll see something that's working really well and I'm like, oh, that looks like you know something I'd like to include in my channel, but I think if I'm being really honest, like I would absolutely hate getting on and having like hundreds of people at a time where you can't keep up with the chat or talk to people. Because for me, uh, my favorite part is just conversation, like hearing about people's days or having them ask questions. And I would be pretty upset if I you know, couldn't do that anymore. It would lose the one thing that actually matters. Absolutely. And I mean, it's through that conversation. Like I've discovered games that I would never play. And I've discovered things about games and gamers that I would never know if not for just having those conversations on Twitch, whether it's learning about like uh, different countries, like in the, in like, what's a, what's a 256 SSD cost you two and a half inch. Um, on the low end, maybe like 40, 45 bucks. Yeah. So just throwing out that number, that same 40, 45 bucks in Ukraine. Yeah. The Ukraine. Sorry. It's mm-hmm. not the Ukraine. It's just Ukraine. It's still 40 to 50 bucks, but 
the average monthly income might be like 20 bucks. Oh, that's so, rough. Yeah. So when you're talking to those guys, those guys are just as passionate in Eastern Europe, the ones that are running stuff about gaming and PC gaming, yeah. but they don't always have the access to it. So you see a lot more dudes taking apart laptops and trying to repaste them from like five years ago to make sure that they can still run. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense yeah. too. Cause I've seen so many videos where I just, I guess I didn't really put two and two together, but that kind of yeah. changes my perspective on that entirely. Right. But I wouldn't know that if I wasn't on Twitch and if I had a guy from Ukraine able to talk to me on this channel, like and break, break it down. Yeah. And like, say like, you know, this is what, how much I make. So this is kind of like all I can do. I'm like, Oh, okay. And like Twitch is a whole new experience for him. Cause he's getting to see stuff on Twitch and YouTube that he can't really run. He can't replicate it. Damn, that makes me want to do a like a giveaway and try to market it out that way just to be like, yo, right. man, like you're in my pocket now. I got you. Right. No, I got some stuff on the way to Ukraine for him. I'll take man. care of those dudes. Yeah, but, get like, me, get, uh, yeah, get me involved in that in the future. I'd love to participate in something like that, meet some of those guys. Yeah, but like it's the other the other thing is like, you know, the big retro gaming community. Like I met a lot of people through that. Either it was retro game speedrunning or just people who are really, really passionate about their retro games. And through that, like, I met people that's in a point and click and stuff. And I realized, I'm like, oh, not everybody can play an FPS. Because, you know, when I don't know what it was like for you when I was younger, like, there are FPS games and there are other games. Yeah. And I realized, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The same way that I don't like looking through lists of numbers and text to try and solve a puzzle about some guy's past from 20 years ago. <laughs> right. It's same, yeah. It's the same way that somebody looks at a screen and there's a bunch of stuff flying around. And they have to live action control the vision of some in-game avatar with their mouse. And like they're not built for that and they're not interested in it. And that never hit me until I was on Twitch. And people were watching me play an FPS and they're like, How can you see this? How can you shoot all these guys? Like, I don't even I can barely see this popping up on the screen. I'm like, oh. Like, I don't know. That should be something simple. Like, not everybody's capable of the same stuff. But it hit it, me. It like, makes sense. Oh man, games are huge and there's games for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, not all FPS games, definitely not all FPS games, but games like Call of Duty, um, you know, like that series, uh, at, at one point, maybe Halo, and there's a handful of others that, you know, come to mind. Yeah, I mean, you have Twitch shooters, then you have, like, everything that comes from, like, a Half-Life lineage, like, splits, or I shouldn't even say Half-Life, it comes from, you know, Quake. Well, it does, but I mean, I guess what I was going to say was there's, like, a, a handful of FPS games that just became, like household bro games almost kind of like uh like like nba like their 2k series <laughs> 2K. or whatever <clears throat> yeah where it's just like i'm not knocking the games in any way there's a lot of effort there's a lot of creativity um depending on the game there's you know oh my god the talent that's involved for sure yeah. but like just on average like there's this weird genre that i would loosely call gamer that just like it's like all right i'm gonna get this game i'm gonna own nothing else i don't want to be a streamer i just want to play and continue to like prestige you know for call of duty's sake or whatever no, and absolutely, dude. I like sometimes, like when I meet like a young woman, and I'm like starting to see her. I'm like, "Yo, come check out my Twitch channel," because like, if you don't really like what I'm doing here, you're probably not gonna like me. And <laughs> I was playing with one woman. I was playing uh, Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion at the time. Great game. Yeah, it was my first like in depth RPG where I could actually level up and stuff like that. Yeah. And she comes to me afterwards. She's like, "Yeah, I didn't know video games did other stuff." because every game i've seen up until then has been 2k like that's all she knew because she only knew games through the guy she was seeing right as she was saying they only knew 2k so it's like that's all she knew was basketball 
2K games. Yeah. So and like that's what's kind of like sad to me is that that's it's become like a whole culture because, again, there's nothing wrong with it. But I have a handful of friends um, or acquaintances, whatever you want to call them, that kind of are like probably her ex-boyfriend or whatever was. And I'll introduce them to like other types of games. And they're just mostly they're not super interested. But like once they kind of start to understand what it is, they're kind of blown. They're like, people do this. You know, like it's that's so weird to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely like through Twitch and through YouTube and through like the culture that is evolving right now. Like we're in the middle of it and it's not really blown out yet. More people are starting to see like, okay, you can have like a whole life in games because there's so much to do and you can you can be everywhere. You can be in one game and like do everything in that one game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's that's kind of how I feel with like variety streaming, because sometimes like I get this urge to like switch it up because I can feel like when I get really invested into one game, I don't want to let up off of it. You know what I mean? Like that's just like my personality. But I can see as the weeks <laughs> go by, you know, some of the people that come into my channel are like, hey, man, like you want to play something else? You know, and I, I, I feel kind of bad. So I'll switch it up. But I always try to keep it um, close to the same genre, because for me, I like, you know, adventure games, RPG games. Um, and sometimes for fun, you know, I'll try like whatever's popular a couple times, like Among Us or something like that. Like I'm not going to sit on it. That's just not who right. I am. Uh, as a gamer but it's you know it's fun for them it's and at least it kind of loosens up my ignorance where i just don't hear about it but i'm like okay i did jump in i did give it a try not for me but here's what it's about right and before we jump into gpus because that's actually like a good place to take us in that was the other thing i was going to say like twitch did not just for me but it did for me at the time and then you know for gaming period was this aspect of community games because okay. like, uh, who do you meet when you go online, like when you're in high school and you played on, you know, your 360 or your Xbox online or your PS2 online? You, you just randos. Maybe you meet a guy in your class. You're like, you know, let me get your screen name. Yeah. Go. Now you're on Twitch and you're like, here is a game that we play together with people I met through Twitch. And here are games that are made for people to play together like that. And yeah. here are games with Twitch integration. Like, have you ever played a Left 4 Dead series? I have. So do you know about like Vermintide 2? Uh, a little. I didn't get heavily into that series. Right. Do you know any, about like uh, the Twitch integration for that game? No. That one has one of the most simple Twitch integrations because there's no like, uh, there's no like, okay, download this extension or get this program. It's literally like every once in a while while you're playing, uh, you link it to your Twitch account and a vote will come up and people will just vote A, B, C or D or whatever it is. And they'll vote for stuff to just happen to you. That's so imagine, yeah, imagine like the Left for Dead type director randomness. Of, okay, these guys are doing really good. Time to throw a horde at them. Only it's the people in chat that are like, yeah, they're like are selecting that <laughs> crush them like straight up. <clears throat> Dude, and that's like, fun as hell. Yeah, no, that's yeah. cool. And it, it, it's it's debilitating, but it's also like okay, everyone that's chatting is involved. But without Twitch growing like it did, I don't think a lot of those games would have built up any popularity. And not just talking about the integrated ones, just ones where other people can be involved in some way. Right. And this um, this goes back to kind of your point of us being in the middle of, um, you know, with, with everything evolving and it, like happening. And it's, it's a time for creativity, I would say. Yeah. You know? And I mean, we have to settle a lot of legal stuff going on because it's gotten to the point where it's like this is not something that can just fly under the radar anymore. And I'm talking about what, music. I mean, music. Yeah, because <laughs> we everything, could. Everything that goes into that. I mean, like uh, the the offshoot of the music thing was the whole licensing a game thing. 
Yeah, it's because, uh, it, it's yeah. it's frustrating, uh, at least for the music perspective. But there's a couple other things that can tie into it as well because they're pushing laws that you know aren't really reflective of today's society and, and what's going on, and they really need to be updated and amended. But that's right. not happening. They're just finding different ways to crack down, and then we're finding different loopholes, and it's just this big mess. Right, and that's the thing is like. that's why I look at it and I see this as a teething phase. If I compare it to any other industry, like if I compare it to competitive shooting, competitive shooting a hundred years ago was the wild West. There was no electronic timers. There were no like, okay, you have a $3,000 gun. You shoot in this division with the other people with $3,000 guns, right? You have a $300 gun. Okay. You shoot in this division. You don't compete with those, those big guys. And yeah, when you look at the history of it, like, yeah, that was devastating. But now we have, you know, we actually have classes. We have people that are on electronic timers. So if people dispute like records, like we can say that. And it took a lot of work. So when I look at that for Twitch, I'm like, or not just Twitch, but just content creation centered around video games, period. Or even just, right. the, just chatting people. I'm like, I know it's hard right now, but this is kind of what has to happen if this is going to survive. Because if Absolutely. it doesn't, it's like, it's just going to get shut down. Right, and it's it's too big and it's growing too fast to to just be shut down. I think so. I mean, right. So it's like there has to be. It's like I understand that the laws right now don't play well with it, but the the only way to bring some resolution is to bring people to the table and say like, okay, we're doing this, you're doing that. Like you are aware of us. This is what we do for you. Let's let's find some like happy medium kind of deal. That is the hope. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping to see. I know it's turmoil for people, but like. Whenever I look at that, I always think like this is like a teething phase because this is these are game companies that are not game companies. These are broadcasting domains and websites that are being bought out by huge companies. You yes. Know, a la Amazon, uh, Microsoft, when they were trying to push Mixer. Yeah. I mean, um, and, and Facebook. Yeah. Facebook doing their whole thing. Facebook has a VR system that you have to have a Facebook account to you yeah, right now i'm like whoa <laughs> wait a power minute. moves power moves only man yeah and so when you see like that like you have to realize like okay big companies are getting into it yeah they can be greedy and it's gonna mess some stuff up but this is also like you couldn't grow big forever like the whales don't get big and not have people go out to look for them to fish like it's just this what it is i like that let me write that down really quick <laughs> but it's like i'll uh, use that next stream yeah. and claim it as my own but like going back to like getting into Twitch and realizing like, okay, I don't have enough power to push what I want to do on OBS with this little GT 610. I'm right. like, all right, let me go invest in something. And at this point, I'm still not, I'm not like completely committed to getting out of the army. So I'm still like, all right, laptop, laptop, laptop. And at that point, a lot of boutiques were starting to pop up and a lot of them were probably pretty big, but I didn't know about them. So I did with the only company I knew at the time that was gaming computer. And this speaks well to marketing. And I just went on the Alienware website and I was like, all right, what can Dell do for me? And at the time, the best thing I could get was an i7-6700 something Q, I think. Okay. And a GT985M. It's got some weird numbers because it's a laptop. But what that did for me, even though it's kind of janky sounding... But what that did for me is it allowed me to really push what I was able to do on streams. It's like, okay, I can stream in 720. Um, I can really, really actually show people what I'm playing. And I can, you know, drive two monitor or I can drive a second monitor off of my laptop now and stuff like that. So for me, it was always like, how can I keep the peripherals? What can I do to improve the stream? So 
since then, it's actually been streaming that has driven my hardware choices. Which actually goes into what I wanted to talk about GPU because not everybody is a streamer and we all benefit from GPUs in our own way. And so with like these new cards coming out from NVIDIA and AMD, like there's a lot of choices to make with the technology they're offering, not just the raw horsepower. Well, I'll tell you what, give me, because I, I want to give you my full attention for this. Give me like 30 seconds. I have a crash that I heard outside that I think one of my animals broke something. Yeah, check that out. <laughs> I'm just going to take a peek and make sure they're not, you know, bleeding out like on the floor. And I will be right back. We'll jump into the GPUs. Yep. So I'd like to say rest in peace to my like $20 Woodwick candle. Oh. It's, it's okay. Everybody's fine. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Better than a life. I was going to say, you're in Chicago, right? I don't have coyotes out there. Yeah, we do actually. And it's always what? really weird to uh, to see them at night. Dude, I'm going to hook you up with a good rifle and a good light for that. I got you. <laughs> Are you streaming live right now? No, not at all. I was doing homework, mood. Yeah, that's actually part of the reason as to why I was late uh, coming on today. I thought I was going to be good, and then I had more. Well, I don't know. Working in IT, everything ran late, and then next thing you know, you're uh, trying to squeeze in study time, and it's just like, man, it's just not enough time to get things done. Yeah, I feel you. What are you studying right now? Uh, right now, I am working on my CCNA. Okay, so this is like, what, like a few levels above for IT tiers or what? Um, I mean, I would say like entry level, uh, a, a plus cert, you know, is kind of like what most people need just to get into the industry. Yeah. Um, and then if you don't know too much or, you know, I just have an interest in networking, then I think the... I. A lot of people don't recommend this. I do. I think the networking plus is a great way to go. I think um, a lot of the information that's in there is going to be on par with the uh, the CSENT, which is no longer a thing, but that used to be the first half of the CCNA. But uh, the CCNA is um, more tunnel vision. It's uh, it's like entry level for Cisco. So yeah, if you want to get into networking and since Cisco is kind of like the godfather of all things networking, if you know Cisco, you're going to be able to kind of move around and navigate through anything else. Oh, uh, shit. Sounds great. I will tell you what don't to do. Don't go get a master's in computer science. Um, I could tell you that because I do not have that. I actually have a liberal arts degree and then a bunch of IT certs. No, you're, um, you're better off, though, uh, like all day. <laughs> not even joking. You know, you know what it is, man? It's like you'll learn some really good stuff. But I work with so many people that like, you know, come into the IT field and they just don't know anything. And it's not their fault. It's just it's one of those industries where everything moves so fast. You'll learn great information. And by the time you get out of school, nobody's using it anymore. Yeah. That's true for a lot of industries. I kind of hate it. Yeah. It's uh, it's like a trap and it's nobody's fault. I mean, like, again, you're going to learn stuff, but sometimes, I mean, you know, if Microsoft decides to make a power move and they're no longer building on the exact same thing they've had before. And they're just like, all right, entirely new interface and nothing works the way it did before. I mean, hopefully you work with a couple of companies that don't have the money to jump into whatever's new and then you'll be all right like yeah. I, dude oh. i wish we were talking about like a different topic tonight because that's like exactly what it was up my alley <laughs> with all the new things coming out uh it's it's exhausting and you know i mean not even in like the it field per se but even for just hobbies um so we might as well you know go back into you know, graphics cards and stuff too. Uh, building custom PCs and all that kind of stuff. Like there's just so many different ways to do things and technology just keeps changing. And, you know, I hate 
dealing with people who don't know a lot about computers um, who kind of like question my opinion on things. They're like, well, I heard that, you know, according to this big fancy website that had a bunch of, you know, whatever words that they tried to dumb down that this is way better. So if we're not doing this, it must, anything below that must be crap. And I'm kind of like, no, man, that's not how that works at all. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to stay on the bleeding edge and people haven't ironed out all the bugs out. Oh yeah. All the, all the time, man. Like when it comes down to like, uh, overclocking and just all sorts of like little things that people don't really understand. They just think that, you know, on the surface it's a lot better, but they don't know the questions um, to ask beyond that, the more technical stuff or, you know, what these numbers actually mean. I mean, you can have a a number, I'm not even going to talk about anything specific, but you could have two things side by side. One that has a number that's much higher on the right than the number on the left, but you might be talking about something that uh, you can't see with the human eye. You know, yeah. like that, that you can't even process. So it sounds way better, but it might not actually be way better. So you might come out of pocket $500 more because some website or some YouTuber or whatever was like, you got to buy this. It's the only thing. Everything else is crap. And you, you're kind of just pissing off money because, again, bleeding edge, it's not worth it yet. Yeah. And the other thing of that, just like a simple matter, like you said, it doesn't have to be anything specific. But if I talk about like server racks and like just building a system to run like a small business. It's yeah. like, yeah, you could you could spend all this money, you could get the thing that just came out in 2020 and it sounds great, or we could spend less, like half the price, get something that's been out since 2012 that people have had eight years to practice on. And there's a lot of documentation that says, hey, how do you keep this running? Not we're not gonna be the ones to have to figure it out. There's people that already figured it out. For so us. what you just said, like should be written on some giant like wall in gold for all people to see. Because that's like something that I, I'm constantly pulling my hair out trying to explain to people and they just don't get it, don't want to get it. Um, it. It is what it is. But yeah, like, I mean, you'll be up the creek without a paddle real quick when you find out that, you know, they haven't worked out all the bugs or there's like no real support system or it's so new. Like, you know, it's it's very tough to figure out if, if even possible sometimes. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've worked with like certain types of like software, some new kind of hardware where you know, I find myself reaching out to, uh, you know, the creators and I'm like, Hey guys, what's this? Like, I don't know. We've never seen this. We have to create a brand new patch update for you. Uh, we'll get back to you in six weeks. And now a company is down. The guy that wrote this actually left the business like two weeks ago and we haven't learned what he left behind yet. (laughs) That's literally what it looks like sometimes. That's, and that's actually a thing. I've only seen that once. Um, but I saw it for, uh, somebody that was doing like scripting for a hospital. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. It just it, like things got out of hand. And for whatever personal reason, he just left. And uh, I, wait, I take it back. And I seen it another time there was a guy, uh, same thing, um, scripting for I forget what the like the, the core of the company was, um, but a massive company, um, thousands of users, all sorts of stuff going on and multimillion dollar whatever in Chicago. And uh, the dude just died. He went to like a White Sox game and just had a heart attack at like 36. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. And we had to like hack his like everything and figure out how to kind of like reverse engineer some of what he had just to maintain them. And I'm like, dude, I don't I I don't know. I'm like, I'm good at IT, but I'm not a freaking super genius. Like that's that guy made crazy money um, and he's gone now. And we have to figure out where he was and try to talk you guys into doing something different. Yeah, and he also like, <laughs> didn't write any notes about what he was doing. No, bro. <laughs> he, he like that he would do this after he finished the job. And all in his head. Yeah. Took it with him. Yeah. Oh. But speaking on that, like saying, hey, 
what the danger of jumping into a new thing is and sometimes having an old, maybe ironed out, reliable or documented thing is. What kind of GP are you running in your main rig? Bro, I'm running the same thing as you, man. 2070 Super oh, Brothers. 2070 Super Bros. You gigabyte two or you got something else? <laughs> I'm running a MSI one because oh. I like them a little bit more, but mostly for really dumb reasons. I mean, outside of the fact that I know they run good, I love the little dragon uh, RGB on the side. Like, I just thought it was a nice touch with the RGB fans underneath. Yeah, I'm looking at my little dragon now. I have an MSI board that I, all my stuff is sitting on. Right, dude. It's technology and dragons. Like, yeah. you can't not love that. And that and their color scheme, I don't know what it is. Like, a lot of my stuff is red and black. You saw my server build. Oh, um, yeah. My personal computer was next to it. I think somebody, like, came in and they asked me specifically, like, yo, I see a lot of red and black in there. How much is MSI paying you? And I was <laughs> like, oh, dude, I wish. But no, like, uh, okay, so you have 2070 Super. How long have you had it? So I just picked this up back in July. Dude, same. Ordered mine in July. <laughs> How much yeah. did you pay for yours? Um, so due to reasons that I don't want to get into on the podcast, so I don't get in trouble. Uh-huh. Uh, I initially spent five fifty. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting it for free. Okay, but five fifty was the price. Is the point? Well, I was waiting for it to come down because um, we the market has just been nuts in the last like let's say ten months mm-hmm. with like just inflation for no reason, and then it trickles down. So I think when I was initially looking. Um, I was gonna buy in May, and they were on average going for like eight ninety nine. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I think the normal uh, price was what, like four ninety nine, maybe like before yeah, all this. It should have been five hundred at a baseline for a twenty seventy super. Right. So when it when I saw the one that I actually wanted, because you know, it, out of desperation, I was gonna buy a twenty seventy for like anything I could find, like that was just reasonably priced. I just couldn't justify it. Um, when it when the MSI one came down to 550, I did not hesitate. I pulled the trigger immediately. Like woke up and was like, "Oh my god!" Like let me buy this before it's too late. Right, and I was kind of opposite. I had an EVGA picked out for like 500. Love EVGA, but go on. Yeah, they they make some solid stuff, and they they offer reasonable prices. I I like their PSUs. They are but, great. Um, yeah. I had a 1070 with them for like three years, and I knock on wood because I did sell it. I never had an issue with it. It was fantastic absolutely and like the thing is though i i have it for stupid reasons too my gigabyte card i read into their whole fan design i was like oh i need that and i don't know if it's legit or not like you know what's up with their fans uh no but it sounds like they might have been fluffing a little bit i mean i think they're fluffing but i also (laughs) like i've seen the results and i'm not sure but i'm not gonna act like yeah i know everything about this they just have uh, most of their designs for their overclock like their wind force model wind force is the like I have seen that, yeah, quite a bit. They just turn the fan in the middle backwards, like it rotates a different way. Okay. And the idea is like, okay, instead of getting fan turbulence in the middle of this thing, you're getting the air to work together where these fans meet. And I was like, okay, I did a little engineering in my day. I know that's legit. I don't know how much that actually affects the cards, like thermals in this closed environment. I do know that's legitimate. So, but I'm not sure if I got suckered by the marketing or not. It, no, I mean, it sounds like a thing. I just am curious, like, you know, by by how much I would want to see uh, some specs on that and see like what, you know, how fast it's actually cooling or maintaining certain temperatures and under what conditions. But right. um, I'm sure there's some truth to it with a nice amount of fluff. But <laughs> yeah, but anyways, <laughs> no, I'm sure you got a good deal. Yeah. Anyways, 2070 Super is $500 baseline. If you were to go in a store right now, um, hold on, let me check my math because I'm pretty sure I just looked at this earlier today. 
but I'm pretty sure you're going to be paying 750 to 900 for the same card. Uh, you absolutely will. I was looking earlier today just because I like to look at things and know things. Yeah, and I was just like, how is that possible? I bought this in July on a whim. You're telling me if I waited to build my PC, the card price would have went up instead of down? Like, what is yeah. this? Yeah, and you know what? It's like I try to tell so many people because so many people were like going against me like, oh, bro, you don't. Why would you buy that? I bet you, uh, you know, wish you didn't. You bought it in July and they just released the 3000 series. And I was like, dude, I knew the 3000 series was coming. Um what you fail to understand is that if the second gen series is uh, or 2000 series, I guess I should call it is going for this much, like they're not going to have enough of the 3000 series at launch. Like it's going to take so long and there's going to be all sorts of dudes picking these things up and selling them for two to three times the amount. And then that's going to cause an effect where all the old cards that are left over are all going to skyrocket. And I, I couldn't have been more correct. Yeah. I wish I had you around when like <laughs> I knew that I would have taken all the advice. I tried to tell him like I was like the the best advice I can give you is to wait for the price to drop right before um, all the new stuff comes out, which is what you and I did. Um, So we got decent deals, not the best deal, but decent compared to what it was. Given the situation, this is a very peculiar situation. This isn't year after year, you know new stuff comes out old stuff gets cheaper like there's some weird stuff going on right now yeah we got we got covid to deal with which um you know people are uh, having more money than they're used to having they're at home tinkering and building new computers people are getting into streaming due to the fact that they can't interact socially the way that they could before um so we're seeing you know a lot of weird stuff happening and it's it is affecting the market for sure um but if there's one thing that i know it's that you and I picked a good time to buy because I was right on the money with what's happening with inflation right now and the, and then supply and demand. Uh, but we're in a good spot because by the time the market calms down and we get through this holiday season, you know, we'll be in a position where we could probably easily sell our cards for honest to God, probably what we paid and be able to move into, uh, you know, the new 3000 series are, they're probably going to come out with like a 3000 super series just to make a little extra money off of it. Something along those lines. So I say, we just wait for that. We'll probably see it in the springtime. Right. But that's so the thing though. If you, <laughs> if, if, uh, you know, take away the inflation right now mm-hmm. and let's say, uh, which card is it? Is it the, it's the 30 seventies that were supposed to be $500 mm-hmm. when they came out. And of course there's some people are getting them for $500, you know, so they can sell it to someone else for 3000. Which is insane, but yeah. Yeah, but if you have the opportunity and you just had to go through the hassle of somehow selling your 2070 Super, taking a little bit of a loss on it, and upgrading to a 3070, would that be your prerogative or would you just still be riding it out? I'd still be riding it out. Right. So, like, the the situation right now causes a bit of a shipping hassle. It causes more demand. I don't know if it's actually a supply shortage as as much as it is more people want it. And I'm not, I'm still not sure, like convinced if that was the deal, like if that was the play or not, even though I'm looking at like 3000 numbers, I'm like, oh, I want it. I could have paid the same amount and gotten this, but it's like, I already have my card now. Right. I don't know if I can get this card. I mean, for me, and I I can't speak for you or anybody else, but for me, the 2070 Super is a little bit, probably a lot of it overkill for what I actively use it on on a daily basis. Um, it's a fantastic card. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, but what I wanted to do was get something that had a high ceiling. I mean, and at this point, even if I was going to say, say like in a perfect world, like, okay, the 3000 series is out, um, go down to your local tech store and just pick it up. No problem. Normal prices, whatever. Um, 
I, I don't think I would really want to do that right now because one, yes, it's a big jump over the 2000 series, but it's still not quite where I can justify making another purchase so quickly. Right. You know, and, and technology is, you know, constantly evolving. But two, there's a lot of other things that I would have to do in order to accommodate that. Like I would have to beef up my power supply. I would have to get new monitors. A lot of people don't even understand that if you don't have the proper monitor set up, you're spending money on these cards where you're not even, you know, getting what you're supposed to be getting out of it. You know, right. I was just talking to my dude about that. He was uh, one of my like really close people who I met through Twitch out of nowhere. Um, he's he just sold his rig. I actually just got the DM when you went on break. Oh, okay. He just Congrats bought a rig. Yeah, he just bought a rig that actually has a 3070 going in it. So okay. he's not taking that big of a loss and he's getting a pre-built, but he's getting a pre-built that has what he wants in it and he can swap the parts out later. Yeah, that so works. Like, that's he's not just buying it and thinking like, okay, I'm gonna get exactly what I want. He he knows what the he know he knows the deal. So like for him as a person that was upgrading, he's coming from like I want to say like 1060 level instead of coming from 2070 super level. So for him, just upgrading and saying, okay, I have money to spend. How is the best way to spend it? That was his choice. Right. And I was like, I get that. But now here's the big deal is we know, okay, what's, what's in your stuff? Are you team red or team blue? Uh, I'd say I am. It depends what we're talking about here. <laughs> well, your, your main rig, what are you running in that? Cause I know I don't have any loyalties to brands. Uh, I mean, and I kind of don't either. It just kind of depends. I mean, right now I'm definitely with with what I see. I am more interested in what Team Red has going on right now. Yeah, because they just dropped the bomb with the process, the CPUs. They just came out. And well, the, the CPUs is like I won't even touch Intel anymore. Yeah, it's kind of like it doesn't make any sense price wise nor performance wise. No, like if Intel lowered their prices and they were just like like accepted the fact that they're making a lesser product on average now, right. um, they would be killing it in sales and I wouldn't have anything to say. But they're like in their minds because they dominated the market for so long, they just refuse to accept that or come out with anything new. Right. I don't get it. I'm running the um, Ryzen 9 3900X right now, and it's like the it runs better than most servers that I've worked with in in IT. It's it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Shoot, I pretty much mimicked um, the server we have off of my computer, only with like a little bit more capability because it's running Plux and stuff like that. Right. And we have a pretty big family, so I wasn't trying to do like, okay, one stream to my phone. I was trying to do like, all right, what if I hit 10, like 1080 streams out there? So I kind of overpowered it a little bit. But like in my computer is a 73700X. And it's nice. It's nice to just have at least eight cores again, honestly. No, it's great. It's a great processor. And honestly, like one thing that I've been trying to tell a lot of people uh, like doing custom builds is like the the Ryzen 5 for like I would just say third gen is it's more than what you need for running like AAA games, um, you know, at like max settings, and everything else. A lot of people don't understand that. And the Ryzen 7, the ceiling's even higher. It's, you know, and the nine. Oh, my God. Like, what the hell? Yeah. So. A lot of people are going to set like for a while. (laughs) Right. But like I I try to tell people because, you know, I'll put them on like, especially when it comes down to like budget and what they're doing. I'm like, I'll recommend the Ryzen 5. uh, And they're just like, well, why not the 7? And I'm like, well, you can absolutely do the 7. But you do need to understand that the 5, honest to God, is probably going to be overkill for for what you need. For I mean, like you can get that 5 and run like the next three years and probably not really need to push or upgrade or anything. Yeah, because I mean, what a thirty? What is it? The Ryzen five thirty four hundred G, I think. 
that like sounds right high. off the top of my head yeah yeah and that's that's 180 at your local micro center they got micro center in chicago or no uh we do yeah yeah so you can walk in and you can get that like for under 200 bucks and then yeah. the rest of your budget you have to spend on whatever you want in there oh yeah and and, and oh go ahead go ahead no i was gonna say with that being said though is like you're running amd cpu i am as well have you previous to your 2070 super considered the amd graphics cards the radions uh because you're throwing one in your charity brig i am and it's um, enough it's it's good like it's gonna it's gonna get them where they need to be right Oh, yeah. Um, the only reason that I did not, um, because I really do like the Radon series, but they lacked um, RTX capabilities, you know, and right. that's that's really what I wanted if I needed it, which is why I was waiting to see what AMD was going to come out with this year. And I think that they met and exceeded my expectations by a landslide. Yeah. By, so by a freaking landslide. Yeah. So like 6800, 6800 XT, 6900 XT. Yeah, like, like it's just it, it's it, it's insane, and the technology that they're talking about doing with it, um, you know, piggybacking with other resources in the computer. I was like, what? Right, and that's the thing though. They have that smart memory thing, but mm-hmm. now them and Nvidia are in that war where they're like, oh, you have smart memory, we have that too, and Nvidia has a bunch of software suites they where do. they're like, you know, we're gonna hit you with RTX voice, like that's on top of your card. You can run it on some GTX cards, but we really recommend an RTX. Uh, you're a streamer. You don't want a green screen. Hey, we got this transparency technology. It runs on RTX, no problem. And like right. as a streamer, your um, your requirements are a little bit different than a person that's just going to go home and game. Right. So like when you use OBS, do you use the Invec encoder or no? Uh, I haven't been using it. No, dude, I use it for everything because it just lets me max my CPU a little bit more for stuff I'm doing in the background. Something and I could consider. Yeah, and I'm not just talking about streaming. I'm saying like when, like, like I said, I've been building this Plex server. I've been ripping like a ton of videos. I've been like reconfiguring them to all like come from Blu-rays and have Blu-ray quality from our server. Yeah. I guess what? When I go into Handbrake, there's an Invic encoder for that. Hmm. And my card is kicking butt there, and it's kind of nice. And the same thing when I go to edit a video. Hey, the video editing software I've got, it's got something that takes advantage of my Invic encoder. Now, AMD has like a, how should I say? They have a parallel to Invic encoding. But for the longest time, it's always been seen as, oh, it's an inferior option. And it doesn't come on your software. You got to get plugins for OBS. You got to get plugins for Filmora or Handbrake or for most of what you're using. And you and I know that when you're dealing with someone that's just a simple end user, just getting them to open a program is one thing. Like <laughs> telling them, oh, you need another thing to piggyback off of your program. How do I do that? Where do I download? Right. Like, uh, that's too much, you know? So the convenience factor, and I'm talking like from a streaming perspective, mm-hmm. from a shoot, just from a, a person doing some high level like hashing work, like if you're cracking passwords and whatever your field is if you're running through like a ton of stuff that takes numbers anything where you can use a video card it was like okay nvidia has a software suite that is built for you and amd is not just introducing the muscle to match it they're introducing the software suites to say we have smart memory we have something that is not called ray tracing but it's the same thing right and we have like everything you could want for all your stuff and it's 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 becoming harder to make that line where it's like okay if you have the money, get an NVIDIA card. If you don't have the money and you just want to play games, 
just get an AMD card. Oh yeah, no, a- AMD's coming for the jugular. And I tried to tell people because uh the nickname that they used for what the last like two years, three years, Big Navi. Yeah, Big Navi. <laughs> Man, like I-, I knew something was coming only because you had uh a lot of people speculated that AMD and I don't know why they thought this in 2020, but they thought AMD was going to come out with another series card that w- wasn't capable of ray tracing, which obviously was not the case. Um, but with the announcement of the PlayStation 5, like I try to tell people, I'm like, okay, so AMD designed uh, the GPU built into the PlayStation 5 that's capable of running, um, you know, ray tracing at uh, 30, 60 frames, depending on, you know, the game or whatever have you. So I'm like, if they're doing that in a console that's coming out at uh as low as 399 right what makes you think that their main line of gpus is not going to have that ability i'm like it absolutely has to like it just it just has to and no and nobody thought about that nobody was like oh yeah okay i'm like yeah there's no way if they put the cheap excuse my language in you know the console obviously all the good stuff you know is yet to come and, and i think they definitely delivered on that yeah absolutely and just handle that in post right your editor take care of that <laughs> Right? Who's my guy? <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> oh, that's that's a job for future Tino. Like, don't worry about it. That's tomorrow's problem. <laughs> but uh shoot. Does that as a sideline, does that make you feel uncomfortable at all that there are consoles coming out that you cannot match with a PC without spending a significant amount more? Does that ever bug you at all? Um for me, no. Um, you know, just cause I'm at a place in life where it's not that big of a deal. Um, not, not to say like, I got it like that, but like, I know what I'm getting into. It's an expensive hobby. It is what it is. Right. If anything, it excites me more, um, because you're no longer gatekeeping for people who don't have a lot of money because really, you know, council, all the things, you know, for the culture and the exclusives aside, it's a poor man's PC. So you can, you know, play games, you know, if you want to look at it that way. Absolutely. And now you can, you know, do it, but you're not being, restricted by too much you know like you can at least experience a lot of what you would get with like a 800 pc or a thousand dollar pc you know for four or five hundred bucks and i think that's amazing yeah especially with the way like this is being marketed dude microsoft's business plan for this thing like you've, you've seen the whole like rental it's not really a rental it's like a payment plan agreement you've seen that uh i did look at it um right now off the top of my head i'm trying to like it's like file not found so why don't you break it down yeah. for me and whoever's listening so there are the two versions of the xbox uh series s and series x i believe right and for the series s ah oh man i want to say it's whatever the term is it's somewhere between two and four years whatever it is to make up that price mm-hmm. and it's 25 a month that you're paying payments to microsoft to say okay the xbox is mine and at the end of that contract you don't give the xbox back you keep it because you paid for it right right on top of that they're throwing in their game pass with that price 35 dollars for the the uh, better xbox series that's hard to beat yeah and you're saying like oh i'm not only buying my console for 35 dollars a month i am getting games and then ea jumped in there and they're like yeah you can get our games too like whatever is on our pass you're like, yeah, so I get all the games, tough. I get the console at the end of this all. When you release the new Xbox, I own my Xbox that I can sell, start over again with a new Xbox. Right. And make make part of your profit back. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They went they went like the cell phone route with it. And I was like, this is how come no one ever did this? Uh, honestly, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe because it was on such a large scale, they thought it couldn't work. But I mean, hell, there's more cell phones floating around than, you know, gaming consoles. So why not? Right. And I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. 
But and I'm interested even, to see what uh what Sony and and Nintendo end up doing in response because at some point they're probably going to try to follow suit to some degree. Right. Now, going back to like the AMD side, like the one thing that is really I don't know what they're working on. I need to look into it. But Nvidia has been pushing a lot of AI stuff. Yes. Yes. And Nvidia also I want it wasn't too long ago. It was September, right? They bought ARM. Or they, they announced they would buy ARM. Do they actually acquire ARM? I don't believe they did yet. Yeah, but it's announced. Like they're like, yo, here's the here's the check. We're getting it. Right. And while that doesn't seem significant because people if you're into computers and you're like, okay, what is ARM? It's a standard for, you know, these uh SOCs, these like single chip computer things. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, what's that? And that's in cell phones, that's in uh thermostats that's in raspberry Pis, like okay that's cool and all but that's not going to give us better gpus but then and this is a segue but i'm only talking about it to get to this part we have seen the numbers come out from these new apple m1 chips which are they're calling it apple silicon but these things are developed as the same like kind of socs right and these things are killing every other macbook and macbook mini that has ever been around in terms of encoding speeds they're mm-hmm. cutting like encoding speeds in half and they're pushing they're pushing major weight over like previous iterations of MacBook. But they're doing right. this on what people previously considered as, oh, this is just a play computer or this is just a cell phone computer. Like this right. isn't a serious PC computer. Like, whoa, if Apple can do that and Apple is not they're not focused on their gaming market. And not at all. Uh, to be honest, like their GPUs in those systems, they're not great. Oh, no, they're, they're awful. Not, yeah, they're awful because they're, you know, they're, they're SOCs, but it, they're also not people that are focused on it. Now you're talking about NVIDIA that owns ARM and they say we have all the standards. Right. And they're like, yeah, we have all the AI we've been working on and now we can run it on a lighter weight system. Like, what are they going to build next? I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely uh, it's going to make the marketplace really interesting to see because whatever they choose to do with it is going to kind of determine what everybody follows suit with, because right now NVIDIA uh, you know, it's still definitely taking the lead and right. will continue to do so for, I'd say probably the next two years. Um, but even that being said, I still am really curious to see what the hell AMD has in store for us, um, in the next couple of years. Cause I mean, they've been, I mean, just look at the processors, man. Like that we we're just talking about, look at what they've done. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Are you going to upgrade your CPU? Cause you could, it's an AM4 slot. You can drop it in, right? I definitely could. I'm not going to yet because there's no need to because uh, I just built this machine a few months ago. So, I mean, at this point, I mean, I'd be kind of pissing off money until I sold it. Right. Um, so there's no immediate need for it. But may- maybe next year. Um, I definitely want to, you know, but like AMD and Intel, man, like people just people just don't understand. Like it's not even like remotely close. Uh, what drives me crazy and I wonder if you feel the same way. Um, with like a lot of the benchmarks, like when it comes to gaming, cause that's what we're all looking at. Right. Right. They are so biased, uh, towards Intel because they're like, oh yeah, like Intel's killing AMD. Um, but they're not though, because they, they never factor in, um, you know, multitasking and all these other things just to kind of dumb it down. Um, that, you know, that a processor needs to do what it's meant to do. Cause nobody gets on a PC and just plays a single game. You know, you have so many things going on right. and, for those handful of benchmarks that you can find where they have, you know, whatever AMD chip side by side with, you know, an Intel chip. Honestly, AMD's lowest, I don't want to say the lowest stuff, but like their lower tier stuff in comparison to Intel's higher stuff when it comes to like, you know, multitasking. I mean, AMD is a tank right now. Like it's 
almost not affected. There's very little that can mess with it. And Intel, you you just see like these massive, disgusting performance drops across the board, and nobody talks about that. Right. You see the you see the weight being lifted. You don't see how many reps it can actually do of that weight. Oh yeah, and and then I mean that's uh, it's really night and day. And then on top of that, AMD has uh, I forget what they're calling it um, off the top of my head right now, but they've got like overclocking for dummies more or less where, you know, you can just download the app and make adjustments where they're not super major, like traditional overclocking, but they've made it very, very simple to where if you want some moderate boost, are you talking about the, uh, master software or I might be actually like, there's a couple things going on with AMD right now. So like if you have Ryzen master, it's more of a, just monitoring software, right? But there is a, I want to say is an Eastern European developer. It's like one us or whatever. He just put out like a free tutorial. He's like, here is my overclocking slash undervolting software. Here it is free for all Ryzen, like Zen 2 users. Right. And it was like, whoa, and no one's out there doing that for Intel. You got to play with your stuff and like kind of work on it for a while. The thing I want to see is someone actually adopts it and maybe they have to sell it. Hopefully not. They keep it open source. (laughs) That would be nice. But making it adoptable where it's like, okay, you bought an AMD CPU. Here's your AMD CPU. Oh, by the way, here's your free cooler. And here's your free overclocking software that we paid, you know, this one guy for the rights to or something like that. Yeah. That's but what I, mean, that's, I really want to see that idea go to. But that's kind of the direction that they're going with what's currently out. Again, admittedly, like it's not super fantastic. You're not going to put that on your PC and see, you know, amazing changes. Um, but it does open up the door for a lot of possibilities. Right. And the thing that's, is, we've like, never seen that with I'm, Intel. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, again, with them announcing all this software that they are working on, that's what makes me really interested because for the discerning user, that's like, okay, I know we're mostly talking about games, but there are some things where Intel still does win out, but they are not what everyone's focused on. Like there right. are specific multi-threading processes that just work better on an Intel machine than they do on an AMD machine. But that's not to say, hey, go buy an Intel because all of them work better. That's me saying, hey, if you have a specific program and you know the documentation says, hey, this is always going to work very well on Intel you might end up building an Intel machine, which is the same reason why I built the Intel um, server that I did, even though I had like access to AMD stuff. Because right. just working on like app development right now, doing virtualization for certain cell phones, Android-based and mm-hmm. iPhone-based on AMD, I'm not going to say it's impossible. I'm not going to say it's even close to hard, but it is a few steps more than I have to do on Intel, and I run into a few more problems than I would if I were on an Intel system yeah but at the same time i'll admit that i've come i've actually came across that myself yeah and like at the same time i'm like i know there are more gamers than there are people trying to develop on virtual machines that's definitely a fact right so it's like i know where the sales are going but i never i never want to say like i don't have any loyalties to either company i'm like yo take your money count it up who's going to give you the most for your money to suit your purpose but i because i know that some of those purpose vary for people i never want to say like oh intel is dead well, I mean, and the thing is, is like, even if, you know, for the gaming side or the high performance side, they are losing the market. Um, they still definitely have AMD beat when it comes to all these companies that just have like cheap Celeron, whatever that came straight out of Intel. Like those are everywhere in the world, every nook and cranny um, and companies are continuing to buy them. So I think that will keep them ahead financially for a while. Yeah. Um, but I think 
we do really need like some sort of like a breakthrough in technology or like, you know, their version of, you know, what's going on with like the Ryzen nines and like all this other stuff. Like I would, I would like to see more. I mean, I think they got a kick in the pants. We've, we've seen a lot of the like major content creators. Suddenly they've all got Intel sponsored videos about some new Intel thing that's coming out or like just gold standards of the existing chips. It's like, all right, here is the best we can do. So I think they're, I think they're getting motivated to punch back. I just don't know how hard they're going to be able to. Yeah, I mean, you're right, uh, but that's I don't really think that's who they solely need to win over, though. I mean, they really need to win over the people who give your more honest opinion. So let's say like, uh, and I'm sure you're you know pretty well versed with YouTube. So like like Bitwit, for instance. Um, yeah. Uh, who am I thinking of? Um, God, there's like two people that came in mind, and I'm like looking at their faces and can't like in my head and can't think of their names. But like you know those type of like unbiased people that will you know they'll let you know like if it's trash or if it's not. And, you know, they have millions of followers at this point for a reason. And uh, I, I mean, I, I think that's really all we want is like a good product and not to feel like cheated because Intel also this year uh, made a power move where they were locking people out of, um, you know, what they were able to do performance wise. If you weren't going to get uh, certain types of motherboards to go hand in hand with um, with their processors. Oh, yeah. And see, that's been true for AMD for a while is that you could you I mean, sure, your AM4 is. Your AM4 socket, whenever you choose to upgrade, if you choose to upgrade, at least for this generation, the one that just came out, you're going to be able to just pop in a new one. Maybe you right. wait like five years and it's like a hundred bucks instead of being four, five, six hundred bucks and you get it, but you're going to be able to do it. And it's like, whoa, that's crazy. That's, well, it's amazing. I mean, that's actually uh, kind of what I did because I'm the motherboard that I have right now. It's um, it's an Asus motherboard. And was definitely designed for uh, it's top of the line, but was designed for second gen Aces. And I was able to switch over. I'm sorry, uh, second gen A- second gen AMD, and was able to switch over to a third gen uh, CPU. No issues whatsoever. Just a little BIOS update. Call it a day. Um, oh, you run like a 460 or something, or uh, what am I running in here? Um, I'm running. I'm running a Crosshair Six. Okay, is uh, what I'm running in here. Um, and I just went with it. It suited my needs. It was exactly what I wanted and I was fine with it. Um, but like, I forget what I was running in my Intel build before, but the whole reason I ended up building a whole new PC is I wanted to upgrade my GPU. I was running, um, I forget which, uh, which gen, but I was running an i7 and wanted to upgrade so I could get my new GPU. And like, after looking at specs and everything, it would have bottlenecked like so badly. It wasn't even worth the money. So I'm like, Oh, okay, well I'll just upgrade the CPU then like no big deal. And I I just like left and right, like everything was just like, Nope, not going to happen. You have to upgrade. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, okay, so what about upgrading? I had a seventh gen I seven. I was going to upgrade to like, I don't know, maybe the eighth or ninth gen. And it was just like, no. And there's really no reason not to. Right. I mean, they, I think that's the thing is like for that hassle you have to offer like saying this is the a major step forward to say yeah. okay I'm going to pay for all new stuff. It's like the the gain needs to be there and then also the upgradeability in the future needs to be there cuz not everybody is going to shell out 2 grand a year to upgrade. You, I mean you just can't. It's not feasible and for me I ran that rig for a little over 2 years, maybe almost 3. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a gray area with the way technology goes, but again, I wasn't even going to go to like the most current thing. You know, I was just going to go one or two gens up and I just was blown that I couldn't because the motherboard that I had at the time, I forget which one, but it was like the absolute top of the line. I spent a lot of money on it and couldn't believe that it was just like, nah, 
no, not going to happen. But whatever. I mean, I'm team red now. So at least, you know, for the rest of 2020. Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm at with like my personal rig. But like, again, talking about just building cheap stuff, like, oh, man. I don't know. The same way you look at like the classic, well, what is now a classic strategy of just going to find an old Optiplex. <laughs> like, I don't think you're going to be able to do that with a lot of the current processors just because new processors are coming out. Right. And that's unfortunate because I know there are a lot of people that are not, they're not running Zen 2 and they're like, oh, I want to upgrade to Zen 3. They're running something behind that. And they're like, okay, when everyone buys Zen 3, I'm going to snatch one of those Zen 2 chips. And it's like, oh man, this is not happening this time because the prices are not dropping like significantly. I mean, I'm sure someone out there is going to deal, but ugh. like we talked about the graphics cards. Um, one of the strats I was using for new people with new builds mm-hmm. was uh, I was going for 1650 supers for everybody that was like getting into it because that's a sub $200 card, depending on like which manufacturer you get. And that well, was keeping so recently, the- but yeah. Yeah, until recently. That's what I was getting to. It was like, okay, you can get a system under 500. And we're not talking about just people gaming. If it was gaming, that'd be Gucci. But we're talking about people streaming. Right. And I did the research. And I was like, all right, with a 1650 Super, you can run the Invic encoder. We can get you a cheap processor. It doesn't have to run OBS all on its own. Unless you're going to do recording in the background. Which is why I use uh, Invic to stream. Because I'll do recording from the CPU for a little bit higher quality. Okay. And then, like, neither part gets stressed. But anyways, for these guys, it was like, okay, this little 1650 Super is going to hook you up. And then I went to go check on someone's list that I put together. Yeah. And suddenly that 180, 190 bucks was, like, 230. And it was 250. Right. And then it was sold out. And I was like, oh, no. Like, this isn't getting better for these guys. This is no. getting harder. And that's part of the reason that, you know, I was between a rock and a hard place with the charity build because this is something I wanted to do since this time last year. And periodically just for fun you know i'd go in chime in and the lower end cards really weren't getting messed with too badly price wise it was mostly all the big household names 2070 2060 2080 2080 ti all that kind of stuff but right now it's just like it's like the wild wild west man like it's 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 crazy out here for for graphics cards like it just it doesn't make any sense um even with like the uh like the 1070s and the 1080s like the prices of those even are starting to jump up and i think it's just because like there's nothing left right now like, like the demand is so high for just like, people are just building computers. I don't know what's going on. Nah, but it's like, I don't know. The thing you can go out and jump into is a cheap NVIDIA GT 1030, which was my flagship <laughs> when I did my little charity build. Those things are like a, like just like straight go to man. I, I guess for me, like I wanted to find something a little bit, you know, higher. So, um, no, absolutely. You, know, you, you had the access, you had the way to get to it and you wanted to provide something nicer. But like, uh, I, I tried. The, yeah, the guy I gave this computer to, I okay, I you know what? I'll send you the list of what parts are in this thing. Yeah, for sure. It is. Let's see. Get the actual link. So I pretty much went on eBay. I went to like people selling old refurb office computers. Found an Optiplex like seventy ten MT, like mid tower size. Yeah. So it wouldn't take up much space, but I knew it would have enough in the PSU to reach everything I wanted. And I'm trying to find the video for you because I RGB this thing out. Well, not really. It's more like LED, but they do RGB things. Little cheap Chinese controller for 10. I made this thing look like a beast computer. Okay. But it's really a $200 computer. And it has a $75 GT 1030 in it. 
And I was playing games with this guy the other day. And the whole time I've been hoping, like, you know, he's coming from his Xbox 360. Or not 360, his Xbox One. Sorry, I'm a little behind. Um, and he's looking to play, like, Modern Warfare, the newest one. Um, a little bit of GTA. But he's also wanting to play games like Valorant. And he's wanting to play games like, uh, uh, man, what is the title of that game? Rising Storm 2, like Conflict Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. And these games are running beautifully on this $75 card. So depending on the person you're talking to, Big Navi and RTX 3000 series, these aren't even in their, like, <laughs> there's not even on their radar. They're like, okay, this little $75 card, this plays enough for me. Oh, yeah. I have, um, I think last year I built kind of like a little sleeper where I had a Dell Optiplex that I just like redid. I think it had maybe like a fifth or sixth gen i5 in there. It was decent enough. We re- we put like 16 gigs of RAM in there. Uh, I think I switched out, put a solid state drive in and then ran a, a 1030 actually. Yeah. And everything that he uh, wants to do, the dude that I sent it to, he was out in the, uh, on the East Coast. Um, he was super happy. Like um, just, it just, everything that he wanted it's you know not super fancy aesthetically but um i mean he paid me honestly it was mostly spare parts that i had he paid me like a 100 bucks for it and i was totally fine with that and paid for shipping and you know he's got a computer that is probably going to run him the next couple of years and play all the games he wants all the titles that he wants on like decent settings i think it's fine right and then comparing that back to the console conversation is okay yeah he's got these games he can play but he can also jump it into not just netflix which your console can do but you can jump into a word document and type up whatever he needs to for work or for school yep he can go on you know and have a good email browsing experience um if he gets into school to do something a little bit more serious he can do a little bit of graphic design he can you know do a little like just program searching and find free stuff for renaming all his files organizing his life like there's so much more a computer can do and when I'm looking at the new cards, I'm like, this opens up a lot of opportunities for those people. Absolutely. To get like on the ground level. Cause coming up in January, we have the 3060s. Yeah. Right. I don't know how well the launch is going to go. Everyone's launches has been kind of, yeah, kind of greasy because of the situation. I think we're all aware of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But just the idea of being able to, you know, coup de core crush anything in your way for what, what is it? 400 bucks. Uh well yeah well okay four hundred <laughs> in a perfect world in a perfect where paying, world where you're paying the price it was supposed to be and you're not paying it to the second or third seller on eBay mm-hmm. like you're getting a really good deal and that's why I kind of hate like man why is this all coming out right now people could benefit so much from this if it wasn't from like know. you know the increased demand that is hitting everybody I, I absolutely agree. Um, now I did just take a look at time. Uh, I tweak. We usually stop at an hour, so we're at an hour and a half. So we are gonna have to pump the brakes on today's show. Yeah, we're good. I think we covered like what it is about the graphics cards, and the main thing is like you and I both see it the same way, where it's like, yeah, this is great that these just came out, but it's also the first step in both of these generations. Oh and, yeah, I you mean, know, there might be a three thousand super on the horizon next October, meaning you know they'll talk about it in June. Yeah, I mean, and even then, we, I mean, unless like it, the, you know, the leaps and bounds are just so crazy, you can't not avoid it. I, you know, I might wait a little bit because I mean, when you wait like a good one or two, I'd, I'd say like two gens, like that's when you really start being able to kind of justify like, you know, the price and everything because the gap, like it's just, it becomes too big. You know, when it, like right now, there's still not too much that I can't play. I don't think there's really anything that I can't play uh, with the 2070 Super. No, not at all. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's really no need for it yet. Um, but, you know, a few years down the road, who knows? Minecraft might be on some super crazy deluxe pack that has like crazy ray tracing that we've never even heard of. Or I'm like, oh, my God, I need that. Um, and that's when I shove out another five or six hundred bucks. Right. Only I'll be like a like I said, with my whole lifestyle, I'll always be like a couple generations behind. So whenever you get ready to upgrade to, you know, RTX 4000, I'll gladly take your three your three <laughs> off of you. I got you. I got you. You'll be the first one I call. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you for hanging out. And oh, and again, give them your Twitch channel one more time, just in case they did hang uh, hang out with us all the way to the end of the show. Yeah, after the twitch.tv slash, it is shooter underscore Q. All right, there you go, guys. And uh, I'm twitch.tv uh, backslash Tino plus ultra. I'll have all the links uh, in the description. If you are interested in trying to get that charity build, if you listen to this, check it out. Uh, that's going to be at goplusultra.com. Um, yeah, so just write in. Good luck to everybody who enters and uh, take care. You guys say bye too, man. Oh, peace. <laughs>